certainly is, and it's great to be back with you. I'll be uh, keeping you company until 3 o'clock. Now, new regulations come into effect at the end of this month concerning our trusty and faithful pets. So I thought that we'd go through some of the changes to the Dog and Cat Management Act. And it's a very good afternoon to Andrew Lamb of the South Australian Dog and Cat Management Board. How are Andrew? Very good. Richard uh, Mussel uh, from uh, the Animal Welfare League. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. And uh, Tony Austin, the compliance officer from the city of Murray Bridge. Andrew, well, welcome to town. <laughs> good, good to see you. Hey, um, uh, new laws come into effect on uh, July the 1st. Uh, Andrew, let's quickly run through what they actually mean for uh, us lovely pet owners. Well, there's the four biggies are mandatory desexing for dogs and cats born after the 1st of July mandatory microchipping for dogs and cats and that's um, pretty much all dogs and cats um, we're bringing in uh, a new system to replace the 68 council dog registers with a statewide online system which mm. means that people won't need to go into their council office anymore they can pay online uh, and we are requiring all breeders of dogs and cats to register Okay, we'll get to that. Let's just concentrate on the on the pet owners uh, in the first instance. Will I still have to? Uh, will I still have to wear the the the, the plastic tag on their collar? The well, yes, dogs, yes. For, for example. Um, but the big change will be that instead of having a new tag every year and mm -hmm. a new council registration number every year, um, there'll be one tag which will last the life of the dog, uh, and uh, and. Uh, and if you move council area, you won't need to change one. So at the moment, they've got the logo one council area yeah. on, and uh, and uh, you get a new one if you move into a new council area. Um, that same tag will stay with the dog uh, for its life. Uh, okay, so the dog will have its own number that's, that's right. uh, recognised statewide. Right. It'll be a unique number for that yeah, dog. Yeah, fantastic. Now, the desexing, um, that's, uh, have you had any pushback over that? Because I would have thought a lot of people, I mean, you, you walk around the dog parks and you look at some dogs and think, I don't know why that hasn't been desexed. Well, dogs and cats is one of those areas where everyone's got an opinion and 300,000 people have got yeah. dogs and uh, registered dogs and probably as many cats as well. But um, we did a, a pretty wide public consultation a couple of years back now and 85% of people supported the changes. So, yes, you're right, there are a couple of people who say, oh, I don't want the testicles you know, removed from my, from my pet. But mm. uh, the vast majority uh, know that there are far too many unwanted litters being born and, uh, and a way of managing that and also a way of uh, managing the inclination to wander mm. uh, and also the likelihood of dog attacks. So, yeah, that, look, and that, that's something that's often overlooked. We don't discuss that uh, probably as often as we should. A dog fully intact of a certain breed can be a little bit more vicious and a little bit more unpredictable. And it's not just certain breeds. Any dog can bite is one of the mm. our messages from the Dog and Cat Management Board. And sometimes people get a, a false sense of um, security from some of the, the friendlier breeds. Um, what we what we do know is that um, uh, lots of breeds are, are biting. And uh, and but dissexing, um, we we the research says on average uh, does have an impact on aggression levels. Mm -hmm. Now the microchipping. Um, just tell us that again. That's going to be compulsory. Yeah, that's right. Um, we've got um, Richard Muscle here from the Animal Welfare League. He'll tell you in a moment. But 70% um, of the um, dogs and cats arriving at pounds and shelters across the state um, aren't microchipped, and uh, that makes it really difficult for uh, for the councils and for our shelters like Animal Welfare League to return um, animals home safely and quickly. Well, Russell, let's come to you then. I find that staggering. How many? 70-odd 70, 70 percent of, of, of animals turning up at yes. your welfare centres have not been microchipped. That's correct. And, uh, Don't you find that amazing? Much higher percentage with cats. 
Um, you know, probably 95% of the cats that we receive are not microchipped. Um, very hard to find owners for those cats. Of course, many of those are stray unowned cats, but uh, yeah. the more um, pets that are microchipped, the easier it is for uh, our council partners and ourselves to reunite them with their owners. Is that just owners not taking responsibility or not just getting around to it, do you think? Um, maybe a bit of both, maybe. Yeah. And I think that these... I'm just staggered that it's so high. Yes, and uh, generally um, these days, um, and obviously uh, when you visit your veterinarian, they, that's one of the first things they would recommend having mm. done as well. So mm. we often see a correlation with people that haven't taken their pet to see their vet as well. So um, the changes to these laws will help enforce some underlying education messages about ownership and uh, keeping your pet safe, returning them back to you if they get lost. Mm. Um, mm. And you'll find that generally people that do the right thing um, would be getting their pet microchipped. Well, it also, uh, if they're not taking them to the vet, thus they're not being microchipped, it suggests they're not up to, to, to scratch with their uh, vaccinations and so forth either. That's correct, yes. Yeah, which and is I'm... another worry really, isn't it, when you think about it? It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so all dogs uh, will need to be, all dogs and cats, the new regulation, microchipped, microchipped. or just new dogs and cats? With the microchipping, it's yeah. all dogs and cats. Okay, so from, from July 1. From July. And not just that, they have to be registered. Um, the microchips have to be registered. Uh, it's important that people realise that it's um, uh, a simple procedure, but it's one that you know, you'd generally recommend is done by a registered veterinarian or under the direction of a registered veterinarian. Mm. Um, they know the uh, anatomy of the animal, they can do it quickly, and if there's any pain relief required, they can administer that. And those... Uh, uh, People um, implying the uh, applying the chip would also have to register it onto mm. the uh, new statewide system as well. Uh, and look, it's 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 a really simple process, isn't it? It's just simply an injection, basically across the shoulders, isn't it? A little uh, chip goes in under the skin. It is. Um, yeah. You still need to do a basic health check first to make mm. sure that the uh, pet is first and foremost not already microchipped, because sometimes the chips can move around a bit after a number of years. So do a quick scan. Um, implant the chip and then do a, another check to make sure it's actually working and then registering it in the system. Uh, do, um, do you have some people actually say, oh, I don't want to do that because it's going to hurt, the, hurt my little treasure? You, you, you do hear that from time to time. Um, I imagine you would. Yeah. We, hold, uh, we hold some microchipping events from time to time and that's one of the questions. Uh, generally, um, uh, not. It's, it's not something that generally hurts the animal. It can provide um, a small amount of quick... Um, uh, pain response mm. similar to an injection and that's why it's good to have someone there to be potentially able to administer some pain relief yeah yeah the interesting thing uh, also coming back to you andrew is cats um we we often hear we're always talking about uh, you know our dogs being microchipped and, and so forth but cats this is a really big step isn't it yeah we're getting a lot of calls at the office at the moment saying my cat's really old it's 12 13 14 15 years old mm. and uh, it never gets out but what we do hear uh, from around the state from the pounds and shelters is that there are lots of old cats getting out out so um just on the off chance that your cat does escape and um and people need people find it and want to return it home microchipping is a really good idea richard do you have what's the the, the percentage is not putting you on the spot here but the percentage has been dogs and cats that turn up at, at your centers that have been lost um there's been lost um, about um, two-thirds cats, one-third dogs right, in general. Okay. So we're getting nearly 7,000 cats coming through a year into just our facility. And, of course, RSPCA would see similar yeah, numbers and yeah. plus other facilities as well. So, so that's a very big incentive then to uh, apply this law to the cats. And obviously that's why it's been done. Yeah, if you're getting those sort of figures through. Yeah, the councils and the, the shelters like Animal Welfare League play a really big role in, in identifying the cats and, if, if at all possible, returning them home safely. So they do mm. a terrific job. Mm. Uh, Ken has called in uh, from Moana with a question. Uh, hi, Ken. 
Hi, how are you? I'm well. Uh, you got a question for the gents? Yes, I have. I just wondered whether there are any exemptions. My little do- dog is 16 years of age. She's as deaf as a post. We can't let her out anymore at all because she just wanders. She doesn't hear cars or anything. And I just wonder, <laughs> is there any exemptions? Because... I don't think she's going to last much longer anyway. Yeah, good question, Ken. What, what, what do you think, Andrew? What we've done in the in the way that we've set the laws up is put vets front and centre. So if you if a, a, and a vet can give a, an exemption for on any health or wellbeing ground. So if you've got concerns about the health of your dog, talk to your vet, and the vet uh, it's very simple procedure for a vet to grant an exemption, and they plug that into our our new database system, and it's it's all official. So I'm going to have to pay for a vet in the first place. I may as well have the thing done because it's seventy nine dollars. We're we're pensioners, and if I've got to go to a vet, I may as well get it done anyway. Well, can I give you a tip? Going to charge me that regardless. Can I give you a tip? There's a there's a program run by volunteers called Chip Blitz, uh, and if you Google Chip Blitz, um, they do it for ten dollars, and they're all around the state, metro, and country areas. So it's run by a group of volunteers called Lost Pets of South Australia, uh, and yeah. they're uh, they're terrifically dedicated and, and are out there every weekend, somewhere or the other. What, what did that, you call them? Chip Blitz. Chip. Chip Blitz. That's right. Blitz is in the London Blitz. Mm. Oh, Blitz. Yeah, Chip, Chip, Blitz. Chip Blitz, all one word. If you just Google Chip Blitz, uh, yeah. you'll get the details, Ken. $10. $10. Okay. Beat that. That's a pretty good uh, bargain. Kathy's at Pas- Pasadena. Hi, Kathy. Oh, hi there. Yeah, I'm on the same wavelength. Our dogs are older too, but they don't go out anywhere. They're just in their own inside all the time, and then all of our properties all totally fenced off. You can't get in, and sometimes we can't even get out. So... Just wondering why isn't it, you know, why do we have to get them microchipped if they don't even go anywhere? Well, we, we did talk pretty widely about this with the public and with the council. No one and... spoke to me. I didn't even get any literature <laughs> or anything else. Thank you. Well, and we, yeah, that's one of those things where you think you've talked to as many people as possible and having a number of reviews and, um, and asking for people to provide feedback. But um, there's still always a percentage of people who, who haven't heard about it, which is hopefully uh, we're helping that by talking today on 5AA. Yeah, well, they go into the park. If, if people take their dogs out, that's fine. I accept that. And if they don't have enclosed places, like we, our place is like just blocked out everywhere because you can't get in and they're inside dogs <clears throat> and they're older and they just wander out the back and and they can't nothing don't get out anywhere and i just i just don't think that we should have to have a microchip if they don't go anywhere i just think that's wrong well, um, that's what the Parliament have decided. Um, it can be done as, uh, as little as uh, $10. It's, um, it's fairly quick and, and easy oh, and painless. My, and, and my our, dogs our... have so many problems. I only go to the one vet. I've had problems with former dogs that died under other vets, so I only trust one vet. But okay. if you can get an exemption, it's not funny. You know, if a dog dies under a vet because they did the wrong thing, that's not really funny. But I, I, you can get an exemption from your vet. What that's are right. the exemptions? Uh, on any health or wellbeing grounds. Okay, then. Thank mm. you. All right. Thanks, Cathy. Um, and I guess, unofficially, Cathy, you could decide not to do it if they never get out. Uh, that's your decision, isn't it? Um, uh, let's get on to um, the puppy farming, um, the new rules and regulations about to puppy breeders and puppy farming. That's right. Um, one of the problems at the moment is that um, no one knows where the breeders are, mm. and uh, and um, unfortunately for councils, they they could have quite a few breeders in their area and, and not know where they're located. What we're requiring is all breeders of dogs and cats to register uh, with the board. That'll be done through the same 
um, online database, Dogs and Cats Online, as you register your dog or cat. Uh, and what that's going to do is give us a, a list of all the breeders, the good and the bad in South Australia, uh, and that'll uh, be a, a really useful tool for the RSPCA to, to look at um, animal welfare breaches and also for local councils to enforce the, uh, the dog and cat management laws. Russell, uh, this is a, is a real thorny area, isn't it, that these puppy farms, some of them are, are pretty, pretty tragic to see, uh, some of the operations out there. That's right. Um, we would normally see the result when um, animals are brought to us, mm. um, and um, and same with the councils. And I think the the intention here is that there are a lot of good breeders out there that will do the right thing, and that these standards and guidelines have been developed so that it sort of sets the bar at that level, mm. and it gives some the consumers out there some understanding of what is a good standard and uh, and they know the right questions to ask should they be wanting to get a dog from a breeder um so so yeah it, it's usually um um the problem when we see puppies coming from places where they don't meet mm. these standards mm-hmm. absolutely we're talking about uh, the new regulations that come in uh, as far as the dog and cat management board of south australia is concerned they kick in on the first of uh, june isn't it First of July. First of July. First of July. Uh, Happy to take your questions. 8223 0000. 11 minutes away from 2 o'clock. We're talking about the new regulations coming in as far as dogs, cat and management reforms are concerned. And we've got Andrew Lamb from the Dog and uh, Cat Management Board with us. Uh, Russell, uh, Richard Muscle, sorry, Richard, uh, from the Animal Welfare League. And also Tony Austin, who's the Senior Compliance Officer of the Rural City of Murray Bridge. Happy to take your calls if you want to give us a yell. 8223 0000. Roz is at Edwardstown. Hi, Roz. Hi, I've got one microchip, one's inside 24-7. She doesn't go far from home. Jerry, I um, found he's not microchip. He doesn't go far from home. And they're not wearing microchips. <laughs> and they don't travel away from home. Yeah, but uh, from, from uh, July uh, 1, they, they need to have a... microchips, though, Roz. Only one has. Because um, it costs too much. Once you get into sex and getting microchip, you're looking at $40. I know about the other part. The trouble is getting to these places when you haven't got transport. Yeah, yeah. It, um, Tiger Bill, she's 10, she's inside 24-7. Jerry doesn't go far from home. And Kitty's being like a chip, but only the one is. Mm. It is a bit of an issue, isn't it, gents? Uh, clearly, from these these calls, a the expense and uh, also the effort that it takes. Um, that was obviously given due consideration, but uh, it was decided to push ahead. Well, that's right. But um, both the um, RSPCA and Animal Welfare League, all the dogs coming from those animals, uh, from those shelters, sorry, are already microchipped and dissexed. So, mm. if people want a low cost option, those are those are available to them. Good idea. Thanks, uh, Roz. Um, Richard, come back to you. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give someone who wants to go out and buy a new pussycat or a, or a new uh, puppy uh, after July 1? What steps should I make to make sure mm. that I'm getting a mm. quality animal? Uh, well, like most purchases, I uh, encourage people to do their research mm. as well um, to find out the most suitable pet for their family. Um, and uh, dogs and cats, you can sort of look at slightly differently. We have a, a huge oversupply of cats coming through the uh, rescue groups and shelters like ours and RSPCA and other rescue organisations. So with cats, there are plenty of cats and really nice cats that you can actually adopt through one of those groups. Um, and as Andrew said, they're already uh, dissex, microchipped, vaccinated and ready to go, so it's included in the price. Mm. Um, 
but other than that, if you're looking for uh, a puppy from a breeder, um, the good thing to do, you can check the standards and guidelines and you can actually go through that list and, and ask those questions. And from the 1st of July, there'll be some things under the regulations that people will need to be given uh, when they purchase a new animal. Um, the, sta- the status of the vaccination, uh, microchipping status, dissexing status will be required to be given to people. OK, so I'll have to get the paperwork. Yes. When I take delivery of, uh, of right. the new bum, so you'll, so to speak. you'll have a good indication whether they are reputable um, organisations or, or breeders if they have that information and readily available to new owners. And that hasn't been the case uh, previous to this, has it? Um, a lot of people and organisations would do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just if it was a reputable dealer, that's right. a breeder. So, yeah. um, again, like a lot of rescue organisations would provide that information anyway and lots of breeders would, um, but what changes on the 1st of July is that it will be a requirement to give new owners that information and also from a breeder the, the breeder registration information as well. Uh, we were saying uh, during the break uh, that we're the last uh, state in South Australia to bring in um, compulsory microchipping, aren't we? For, For dogs. dogs. For yes. dogs. That's right. We, we're ahead of the curve in dissexing. Um, mm. Some of the states and territories have done that and some haven't. Um, but, yeah, we are one of the last to do it and um, um, many people telling us it's time to time to get on with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard has called from Athelston. G'day, Richard. G'day. It's, uh, the, is it mandatory that all existing uh, pets have to be microchipped? Yes, it is, but... Um, your vet can give you an exemption. So if there's a health or well-being concern with your dog or cat, then a vet can give an exemption. With uh, with dissexing, uh, it only applies to uh, to dogs and cats born after the 1st of July. So just getting back to the cost, um, it won't apply to um, people who've got existing dogs and cats, but uh, after 1 July, people can make an informed choice about buying, knowing that they, they will need to uh, sex and, and there are costs involved with that. And that's, of course, you go to the ADL or RSPCA when it's already done. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Richard. Uh, interesting point. What if um, my dog or cat has been out playing up and I wasn't aware of it, and they end up having a, a, a litter <laughs> after the, the said date? What do I have to do as, a, as an owner? If you are selling... Um, then you'll need to register. Um, the cost for most breeders is $75. Um, and the the idea behind that is just so that there's a, a permanent record so that if anyone buys that, um, they can um, have the contact details to find out who the breeder is and ask any questions they might have about it. It has also information for the RSPCA um, and uh, who investigate animal cruelty cases and uh, and councils who, who look after dog and cat laws to uh, to make sure that all the breeders are operating in accordance with the law. Um, also with those um, unplanned litters, mm-hmm. if that happens, um, it's really important that you don't, uh, people don't feel the need to abandon those animals as well. It's important that the, the kittens or the puppies stay with the mum for, through the weaning process mm-hmm. and obviously, again, to seek some expert advice on what you should do to care for those animals. And... Um, and then, and not to worry if it was accidental in those regards. And then, eventually, you can speak to a local shelter or rescue group about surrendering those animals. Um, we, often, we find people have felt the need to abandon them because yeah. they're not sure what to do. But mm. that's the last thing you should do, especially when they're really young. And that's obviously why your figures are, are so high of yeah. uh, of uh, kittens, particularly. Yeah. yeah, 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 because the litters can be so great. Tony Austin, uh, you're also with us, and you run the animal management team at the Murray Bridge Council. So. Um, a, a great uh, guy actually on the ground to tell us how do you reckon this is going to w- affect uh, you working out in the in the in the sh- various uh, council areas. I think the the biggest bonus for us is going to be identifying um, stray dogs and cats. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in the game of getting 
getting dogs back to their owners without having to go via the pound or the shelter. So that's uh, that's the most important part for any animal management officer is to make sure that dog or cat goes home to its owner safely and quickly. How much time and effort, uh, you know, does it cost local councils to, to be chasing this sort of stuff down? I would imagine it would be pretty pretty big. Oh, there's three of us at Murray Bridge, and I, I reckon... Three of you, full-time? There's, there's three full-time compliance officers, animal management officers, and what I think probably be 75% of our work would be around uh, dog management and you know, making sure dogs get home and, and finding mm. the owners. And, mm. and you know, the key to any of these databases is making sure that the data's up to date. Phone numbers are right. So if the microchip, if you change your phone number, make sure you check that that, that, um, that data's correct just in case your dog does get out. Uh, we can scan it, check the DACO tag and then get the dog home. That's that's the key to any animal management officer. We just want get, to get the pets back into yeah, the, yeah. care. The, the, so. the pet is your major concern. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good advice, though, keeping the uh, the details up to date because how many times you know might you change a dress or whatever and it that's the last happen. thing you think of. Yeah, it happens a lot with us is... Uh, We'll ring a phone number and it won't actually be connected uh, because it's probably been in there a few years and mm. somebody may have changed numbers. So, mm. uh, Pam has called from Beverly. Hi, Pam. Hi, how are you today? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I've got a very interesting question. I've already got two cats and last week, well, not last week, the week before, we came home, we'd been out and someone had dumped a mother and six kittens on our doorstep in a box. Mm. Oh. Well, we kept two of the kittens, but we took the mother and the four kittens up to the animal welfare. Now, um, the kittens are about eight weeks old. How, what do we do there? What do you think, Richard? Are these the kittens that you gave to us or the ones that you've kept? Sorry, I didn't catch you. The, the kittens, the eight-week-old kittens, are the ones you still have? Yep. Okay, and, and what, do you, what are you intending to do there? You want yeah, to we're, keep... we're keeping the two that we've already got because they're adults and they're already just sexed. Mm. Yeah. Microchipped. Right, okay. But we want to keep the two kittens, so yeah. what do we do there? Okay. So I, I don't think they're required to be dissexed until um, six months, is it, Andrew? I can't remember. The for, for cats born after the 1st of July, though. Okay. Oh, that's right, because so, you've already got them, so there's no requirement. I'd still... Um, Suggest that you visit your local vet to get yep. them checked out and uh, and to talk to your vet about their ongoing health care. Now, um, there's one other question I've got too. There's two cats that I don't know where they come from, mm. but they come of a night time looking for food. Now, they're not ours and I have no idea where they, they're from. Mm. What do I do about those? Well, we would normally suggest in those situations to speak to your neighbours, first of all. Um, yeah. See, where I live, is a bunch, you know, there's all factories around us, so I don't right. know where they come from. Mm. Yeah. Cats, cats can roam quite some distance uh, quite often, so it is, it is difficult. Um, um, we do have some assistance we can provide over the phone if you want to give our guys a call. Um, yeah, give them as give, well. Give them a call, perhaps the later, Pam. We'll squeeze in uh, Steve from Elizabeth Vale. Hi, Steve. Hi. I was just um, making a bit of a point that I get... I don't... That so, sorry, very... Steve, you dropped out there. Say again. I'm concerned that we're actually making it hard for people to actually own a dog. And for a lot of our elderly and younger people who are perhaps starting out in their house and they've got a couple of kids, like my daughter, who was looking for a dog, the cheapest dog she could find anywhere was $700, and a purebred dog started at 1500 So mm. my concern is that it's OK to make it tight and make it hard for people to um, have control over their animals. And I also understand that the Animal Welfare League has a number of dogs that are just dumped and, and end up there. But a couple of things that I think are 
you know, worth thinking about. One is that only the dogs that aren't claimed from the councils, um, from my understanding, go to the Animal Welfare League, and those dogs are paid for by the council. Um, so it seems to me that everybody is making it harder and harder for people to own a dog. Mm. Well, you, you're correct. There are... Um dogs that come to us from the councils and what happens with our arrangements with um, the various councils is the the dogs we put through our rehoming process are the ones that are not returned to their owners which is approximately 30 percent um, and a small contribution is made by the councils towards that but it's uh, still only a contribution um, however the uh, the price of uh, adopting a dog from us is still um, it's considerably less than the seven hundred dollars that you mentioned, um, and um, older dogs uh, are quite often under three hundred dollars, and they're already uh, dissexed and microchipped and mm. ready to go. So, um, so yes, it's and that's um, still we've average the average cost of putting a dog through a rehoming process is well over a thousand dollars of veterinary care and rehabilitation and training and so forth. So um, it's it's still significantly uh, uh, cheaper for people to uh, adopt from a shelter generally. It's probably worth mentioning the cost of looking after a dog each year, um, including food and, and vet costs, can be a thousand to two to one to two thousand dollars a year, depending on the size of the dog. So, um, those sorts of costs probably need to be taken into account if you're making those decisions. Can you actually look after the the cost of looking after a dog uh, ongoing as well as the purchase costs? Mm, I mean, we've got to be aware that uh, we are taking on a responsibility and a responsibility for quite some time. Mm. You know, it could be ten, fifteen years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Listen, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, more details on the changes to the legislation uh, can be found at uh, go to the website to dog and cat board or one word dog and cat you'll see all the, the regulations there thanks so much for your time gentlemen and uh, happy uh, puppy walking and uh, kitter littering <laughs> thanks Alan. good on you thanks, thanks. very much